Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Right, it is the big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Gordo traveling today. We're hoping to talk to him uh, coming up here momentarily. We're live at uh, Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East, right here in Salt Lake. Drop on by and see us. We have uh, pizza, snacks, sodas for you, jazz gear. We're giving away a pair of jazz tickets every single hour. All sorts of great reasons to come on by and see us. All right, let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining me now, my illustrious co-host, the one and only Gordon Monson. Uh, what's up, Gordo? How you doing? Hey, Jake. How you doing? I miss you, brother. Yeah, you too, buddy. Uh, glad you're going out and covering the game. Going to give us a little bit of a firsthand perspective on uh, what's going down tomorrow. And, uh, I, Gordon, a lot of people out there are making the argument that uh, this is the biggest game in Utah football history. Would you concur with that argument? Uh, it is in conjunction with whatever comes next. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess you know, that's a pretty sound argument. I would say uh, I get it. You know, you look at a Fiesta Bowl, you look at a Sugar Bowl, uh, but this one uh, has larger, heavier ramifications. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that point. Is is Utah where, or I guess if anywhere, where would you say Utah is vulnerable against Oregon? Is there something that's keeping coaches up at night? You think? I wonder uh, a couple things. I you know Oregon has outscored its opponents by a fairly you know it's like two hundred and ninety seven to one hundred and fifty in the Pac twelve, and with with the Utes, it seems like they played a number of teams that didn't have a prolific offense. And uh, that that seemed to be uh, that seemed that seemed to make the path easier for the Utes. I want to see the Utes play a tough team. I want to see the Utes play the Oregon Ducks, not the Ducks that lost to uh, Arizona State. I want to see the 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 uh, Utes play the Oregon team that that you've been high on for most of the season. I think they're capable of playing that way uh, on any given day, and we'll see if that happens uh, Friday night. Uh, I, I think this team is much better than it showed against Arizona State, and uh, the numbers bear that out. Gordon checking in from the road here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, talking about the uh, Pac-12 championship game coming up tomorrow. We'll get into some jazz stuff uh, coming up here in a minute, Gordon. Uh, but uh, had Frank on in the 4 o'clock hour, and we were talking about who deserves the credit uh, for Tyler Huntley's development. We were just talking about his improvement over the years. When when you look at where he's come from, uh, from when he was as a sophomore, what's the, I mean, what comes to, what comes to your mind, whether it's credit or focus or, or the journey or what's, what's the most interesting thing about where Tyler Huntley is now compared to where he was? Uh, I think the fact that he relies on his field vision more than he does on his, uh, rather substantial athleticism, and you you can learn to be a good quarterback. Uh, it's not like the running back position where I mean you're you're born with some of those gifts. Quarterback, you got to learn to do it, and he's learned to do it on top of the uh, the fine skills that he has as, as abilities. 
And uh, that, that, that must be a large leap, I think, for any athlete to be able to, to process the lessons that, say, Andy Ludwig is teaching and then to implement them because the instincts through high school and the earlier years at which he saw great success, he depended on himself to be able to create those opportunities. And now he has tempered all of that and made it possible for his mind to come into play, his vision to come into play. Some of those, uh, some of those intangibles that a quarterback sort of has to gather in at some point and develop as opposed to, to just being able to outrun everybody. And we have seen that time and time again this year where he has delivered the ball where it's supposed to go. He hasn't been relied on often to carry the offense, but he sure, certainly has supplemented it uh, about as efficiently as a quarterback can. So, yeah, he deserves a lot of the credit himself, but Andy Ludwig has put on the finishing touches. Gordon, uh, we know about Utah's rush defense. Number one in the country, surrendering 56.25 rush yards per game, which is unbelievable. Georgia actually is the second-best team against the run in the country at 71 yards, so even the gap there is, is really huge. But Oregon, Gordon, they come in at 10th in the country, surrendering 106.08 yards per game on the ground, so it's not like the Ducks are, are slouches at stopping the run. Now, when you look at, uh, you know, the weather, how the weather's going to be, it's going to be rainy. You look at the philosophies of both coaches, you know that both teams are really going to want to establish the run. Utah's a little bit better defensively against the run, but Oregon has a better offensive line. So if you were to bet on who succeeds on establishing the run, what team are you betting on, if any, if either? Uh, I think I would bet on the Utes. I'd bet on the Utes. However, you bring up a great point. One of the terrific matchups in this game is that offensive line versus Utah, the, the Ducks' offensive line versus Utah's defensive line. The Ducks have more starts along their offensive line than any team in the country. I think the number is 213 starts. I mean, that is a veteran quality group up front. And so we'll see. <laughs> that may be. One of the most fun matchups of the whole shebang. Uh, I mean, that, I want to see how that youth front does against that kind of offensive line. And look, the, the youths are like the, the they're like the schoolyard bully. They've been picking on smaller, weaker victims. And uh, tomorrow night, I, I think it's a much more level field. And if, so, if the youths dominate this team then uh, as, uh, who was it? I, I, I think, it, I can't remember which you said it after the Colorado game, but he said, I think it might have been Huntley, he said, we want to leave no doubt. Well, if they roll over Oregon, then I think they would uh, eliminate a whole lot of doubt. Gordon, switching gears with you a little bit, and of course we'll catch up with you on tomorrow's show and uh, be very focused on the Pac-12 title game, but I do want to get your thoughts on the Jazz. Another tough performance against the Lakers last night. Gordon, now they were without Mike Conley, uh, but the, the, the postgame, and I don't know if you had a chance to hear any of the postgame sound, but you know these guys are feeling it. They're, they're, 
you know, it's I don't want to say it's it's an ugly scene in the locker room, but these guys, you can tell they're frustrated and they're they want to win as much as the fans uh, want to win. And right now they're not playing terrific basketball. The Lakers were really good, just like Philly was, just like Toronto was, just like Milwaukee was. But the Jazz are not playing particularly well. Gordon, what what is your your take on what's going on right now and what needs to be done? You used a word there that I think is key to the whole thing, and that is frustration. So how do they react to that frustration? Uh, Mike Conley has not been very good this year, and he was one of their big acquisitions. Uh, Jeff Green has not been, the bench has not been particularly strong. We've talked about their shooting woes. It's, they have got to find some answers. They're better than what they're playing. Certainly they're better individually than the way they're playing. And one of the strengths of Quinn Snyder's teams in the past have been playing collectively better than individually. So somehow that that gap needs to be bridged. And whether it's the players themselves doing some soul-searching, finding a way, I, I, I think the bench is weak. I think that is a problem area that is very real. Uh, that might not be as much of the mental side of it. They just aren't really very good. Uh, and, and how the Jazz will patch that up, I don't know. But the starters, I think, are better than they've shown. Uh, and, and when I say starters, I include Joe Ingles in that. They have, they have got to find that cohesion. They've got to come together and play as a unit. That team that they had last year was not as talented as this team, but that team played better than this team is. What does that tell you? I mean, I have a hard time believing that veteran players that have been around as long as these new additions that the Jazz have had can't put their talent to its best use. Uh, They they can figure that out. And if they don't, then it's a shame on them. Yeah, I, I don't know if they can figure it out, Gordon. And, and maybe, hey, you can you can call me pessimistic. Well, let me say this. They they can't figure it out 100%. And Quinn last night talked about how he, he's really playing with different lineups and he's trying. he, he realizes there are problem, there's a problem and he's trying to address it. And it might come with throwing some stuff against the wall, but, but he's a, a certainly capable coach. I'm just... I'm just worried, Gordon, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I worry people on that that bench aren't demanding minutes, aren't uh, aren't um, you know contributing in a fashion where you've you've got to put them on the floor. Emmanuel Mudiay has had had some moments here or there, but that's been weeks now, and he's a little bit limited. You mentioned Jeff Green. Ed Davis is a fine rebounder, but he's not what Derek Favors brought to the table uh, last year. Dante Exum has has struggled in his limited re appearance Gordon I don't I don't know exactly if you can just snap your fingers and fix uh, any of this because you're not going to change who these guys are fundamentally as players well I agree with you on that and that's why I said what I said about the bench mm-hmm. uh, that that's that's a problem area and I don't know how that gets solved but as far as the starters the starters have not played up to what their capabilities are and I think that's the group you might be able to work with and uh, have those guys play at a higher level. The bench, they might have to make a move. I mean, because they, they <laughs> that group is not good enough. Uh, that's what I'm seeing. And I'm a little surprised by that. I thought they'd be better. But if you want to include Joe Ingles in on the bench, uh, Joe just hasn't played well this year. I, I mean, let's say it the way it is. 
Jeff Green has not played well. Uh, and Ed Davis has been hurt and somewhat limited. Dante Exum trying to come back from injury. Can that be counted on? And Moutier just doesn't know how – he doesn't know how to play the kind of team basketball that the Jazz have mastered in the past. So what are you going to do? I, I don't know, but I sure am interested to find out. Now, here's the bright side, though, Gordon, because and players last night in the post game they admitted, you know, it'll be good to get some practice time that they, the, you know, they're self-aware enough. They know that they've got some stuff to work on. And the good news is, is that looking at the schedule coming up, this is the time to work on it. They've got Memphis on Saturday, Gordon, Oklahoma City on Monday, both at home, then at Minnesota on Wednesday, Friday against Golden State at home, Tuesday against Orlando at home. And then they go out on a a three-game road trip, which is not nearly as daunting as the one they just got off. But, you know, against those teams coming up with that amount of home games, they will have the opportunity. They will have a little latitude to work on some stuff and not have to be at their best to pick up Ws in this stretch. Yeah, I think, Jake, we, we all have to readjust or adjust our expectations for this team because that's what we've been measuring them against. We've been measuring them against the best teams in the league. Uh, the Lakers last night, you know, Milwaukee, the 76ers, teams like that, Indiana is pretty good. I mean, we expected them to be at that level this year, and it just hasn't happened. And so at this point, you're right. At this point, Quinn Snyder will take any kind of win he can get. And it's almost like it's a flip back uh, through a a few chapters two or three years ago when Quinn talked about improvement after every game. And that being the goal, as opposed to what kind of we all fell victim to, and I certainly was one of them, that I thought this team with this personnel would be able to shift into a high gear. We thought there would be some time needed, but not like this and not to play the way they have. And the most shocking thing of all to me is the way they're shooting the ball. We, you and I have talked about it. I've written about it. That's what the Jazz supposedly addressed during the offseason, and it has not worked out. They're worse shooting the ball now than they were a year ago. I never would have expected that. Gordon, uh, on with us for a few more moments here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Gordon, boy, were you right about the the Lakers uh, in your analysis right there. They're a team that's uh, absolutely on top of their game. But, but, you know, maybe we should have expected this, Gordon. Right now they've got their best point guard they've ever had in that franchise's history, and you would expect them to play very well. Well, they, they have come together nicely. And when you have two of the five best players in the league – uh, well, I mean, and those guys, and one of them may be one of the best players, or maybe even some people say the best player in the history of the game, and he is acquiescing at times and helping the other top five players, then that's a very difficult thing for the Jazz to, to the, the Jazz just aren't prepared yet to deal with that. And I remember talking with Quinn Snyder, I think, I don't know, I think it might have been early last year, when they were playing one of the best teams in the league. And he said, he said to me, we're just not good enough to beat that team right now. And when I look at the Jazz, that's what I think of. I think they're just not good enough right now to beat these kinds of teams. And I paid close attention to that game last night, and I'm telling you right now, they're not good enough. And so maybe Quinn will take it one piece at a time and try to piece this thing back together as he has done in past seasons. 
but uh, he's got his work cut out for him, that's for sure. And it would be nice to see players like Mike Conley play like we think Mike Conley can. And and you want to talk about removing doubt, remove some of the doubt as to whether this guy has lost it a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's time for him to process what Quinn wants the Jazz to do and to implement it and to play at a higher level. He's certainly not playing at a $30 million a year level. So you're just going to brush over my joke like that, not even acknowledge it and, and just push on through. Not even Sorry, a courtesy was, laugh, not even an argument, just, just push on through. Uh, I, I, your, your humor has reached a point where it speaks for itself and it's best untouched. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to take that as a, as a compliment, Gordon. And, hey, we certainly thank you for, uh, for jumping on with us, my man. Safe travels. Uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow from Santa Clara. Thanks, Gordo. Yeah, I got to get all my goulashes on and uh, my, uh, what else, uh, my rain hat and uh, the whole uh, poncho and the whole thing, because you're right. It's going to be wet and gooey out there, and we'll see what happens, because we know that ducks like the rain. Why do you have to use a word like gooey? And and you know what, I'll, I'll tell you this, if you do actually wear a poncho, I want to I wanna photograph. <laughs> For all the old-timers out there, I'm going to have that poncho on, and I'm going to look like that old Raisin brand commercial when the when the raisins were bouncing up and down inside the cereal singing a song. That's what I'm going to look like with that poncho. Was that when, photo. when TV used to be black and white still? Or when was that <laughs> Raisin yeah. brand? That was... A, that was <laughs> That was a few decades ago, I gotta admit. I'm not that old. Thank you, Gordon. All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. See you, buddy. Gordon Monson traveling out to the Pac-12 championship game. Big thanks to him for uh, jumping on with us. We're going to play some clips. We're going to do a little sound segment uh, from the Joe Ingles show this morning coming up on the other side, so stay tuned for that. But we are live today from Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East. Come on by. Carlos and uh, his crew, they're going to take great care of you because, Carlos, you guys have a great product at a great price, man. You guys, it's, it's easy to take care of folks when you got the best. Yes, yes, totally. And we are a passion, a passionate about our customers and what we do here. So, well, I can't believe you're you're doing five lines for 150 bucks. Somebody got fired over that, right? I mean, that's just <laughs> giving it away, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, we do this so we can have more customers and they can know how our product works. It's the T-Mobile network, 100% reliable, 99% of the country covered, and we have great deals. Uh a hundred uh, five lines for hundred fifty dollars, as you mentioned, and we are offering free phones for new lines and free phones for switchers. People that are coming from another companies can get free phones as well. Well, and you mentioned it last time uh, you jumped on the show. Five G comes out tomorrow, and not not thirty seconds after you mentioned it, Carlos, somebody came in and was like. Did, did Carlos say 5G? Somebody said 5G. I've got to be ready for this. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. I, it totally shook me out. Yeah. <laughs> he came right in. That was awesome. But And you took great care of him. You know, showed him what's what and, and uh, how to take advantage of this thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, one important thing to know about 5G is that not all the – well, not all the devices that are out there in the market in use right now will be – 
capable to connect to that network. Uh, you need to get a new device. Uh, it's new technology, so you need a new device. Too. So folks just need to come by, and you'll show them exactly what they need to do to, to have that 5G. Correct, correct. And as we were talking about, is not extra fees, no extra charges to use that network. You just have to have the right equipment, equipment and you're off and running. Correct. Oh, awesome. 2120 South, 700 East. Get by and check it out. We also have some pizza. We have some snacks for you. We have jazz gear to give away. We're giving away jazz tickets to the game next week against Golden State. So lots of reasons for folks to come by. Thanks, Carlos. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right. We'll uh, let you hear some highlights from Joe Ingles this morning on the Joe Ingles Show. Coming up next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. It is the big show, 97.5-1280 the zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We are live from Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East, right here in Salt Lake City. Uh, let's uh, do a little jazz sound segment from the Joe Ingles show this morning. Uh, brought to you by Cypress Credit Union with the lowest fees and quickest keys. Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. We're going to play uh, a few minutes of clips, and uh, I, th- I think we're going to get to some of the most important stuff. But really, Joe's whole interview this morning on the Joe Ingalls Show was really, really good. If you get a chance to go back and listen to it in its entirety, I would certainly recommend that you that you do so. I mean, the Joe Ingalls Show... Uh, Austin is is always really really good, but I thought particularly today Joe gave a real insight on on kind of what's going on with the team both on the floor and off the floor, and uh, I, I thought he was just terrific. It's it's great that he comes on our station once a week, and uh, it was particularly good this week. So let's let's get to this. Let's start with this. Joe describing the emotional state of the team and how they reacted to it, particularly last night. Go ahead, Austin. Oh, I would probably be a two-hour show if we had to, uh, <laughs> had to go through it all. But, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, there was a couple of us that were – I didn't leave the gym until about 11 o'clock, I think. We were sitting there and trying to – you're not going to solve it all sitting there after the game or at halftime or pre-game. But I think there's obviously some, some more obvious things on court stuff that we just need to sit down and – or not even sit down, go out, go out and practice and, and, and figure it out, watch film little things that we can control. We, we can always run back on defense. We can communicate on, on both ends of the floor, offense and defense. And I think the few of those key kind of components that we've always usually been kind of pretty good at is just lacking a little bit. Obviously, that's resulting in the way we're playing. And I mean, it's finding your way and trying to figure it out. We, we do have new guys. And, and I mean, I'm not going to say that every week. People will think it's just an excuse, but it's always going to take time. And like I said, I'm definitely not going to make any excuses for, for how we've been playing kind of those last however many three four five games whatever it is but we've been putting ourselves in in horrible positions being down 20 some of the games we've been we've played well in the second half or a third quarter or whatever it is and got ourselves back in the game and i mean even last night i think we started the game reasonably well we, we were down kind of for whatever four or five at quarter time and it's kind of like we fell off a cliff after that it just went went all downhill so today will be a good day for us to, to get in and practice and watch film and kind of get back to some basics of what we need to do to 
to be the team that we, we know we can be and that we've showed this year at, uh, at different times. I think that was a really important cut for a number of different reasons uh, from Joe Ingles. And one one thing that really stood out to me, Austin, and maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of this and, and you know, get me in check if you think I'm crazy, but he, he talked about how he didn't get out of there till uh, 11 o'clock because, and he implied we, meaning, you know, all or a portion of the team, you know, stuck around that locker room to to hash it out, to talk about it, to communicate, to break to break it down and get on the same page as one another, or, or so you would assume. And and a lot of times, I think that the, like players only meetings are are super overrated and actually can do more damage than good. But that's that's that specific like lock the door on the coaches and hash it out. I think that it, that anytime you have those t- types of basic communications as a team are extremely valuable. But I think it shows how uh, important this is to to these guys. And, and let me just give you an example, and maybe people will have a tough time identifying with this. But I, we used to do, Austin, a, a post-game show for Jazz Games, kind of a when we weren't here on the zone, home of the Jazz. It was kind of like a, we just do post-games uh, for home games because we wanted to get uh, you know ears coming out of the, the stadium and those sorts of things. And we did it from a bar downtown. And so I, I, I spent a lot of time at this bar over uh, a couple of seasons that we did it. And I, I, was, I was always somewhat surprised. No, I wasn't surprised, I guess, because I, I get it. These are people in their early 20s. But we'd see players, uh, jazz players, players on both teams, we, we'd see them show up uh, after games at, at this bar all the time. And, and really what it is is it's, it's, it's young people in their early 20s who, who want to have a, a, a taste of normal life and, and want to blow off some steam and those things. And I don't want to sound like this is some judgy take. But the, the point is that NBA players, a lot of times, even after tough losses, they want to be a human. They want to get out of that locker room and get to doing whatever they do. In this case, it was going out and having some fun. But maybe it's going home to see their kids or, or you know, uh, all, all sorts of life's other priorities. We, we picture these these guys living and breathing basketball 24 hours a day. And that's, that's not the case. Like it wouldn't be for, for any of us. Right. But instead of fleeing that locker room, like it was on fire, which we've seen at times under tough losses or even uh, after wins, when they have a couple of days off and they just want to give away, get away, Joe Ingles and all or a portion of the team sat back for an extra little while, an extra hour to hash it out and figure it out. I, I, I actually think that says a lot about how they're handling it. Because, sure, losing creates issues, and, and it's a new team, like Joe said, and they're putting things together. But it, it, staying after last night, that simple gesture screams to me that they're committed to fixing it. Am I, am I reading into that way too much, Austin? Not at all. Not at all. Because uh, put, it, put any other occupation into here, substitute out professional basketball player or professional basketball coach, whatever front office, and sub in teacher, uh, attorney, doctor. Uh, anything, uh, even even right down to a uh, tax uh, CPA, any any occupation. When things aren't going right and it's getting down to crunch time on that situation, everyone burns the midnight oil. Everyone burns the candle at both ends. You stretch yourself. You rededicate yourself. You you, you put extra hours in and harder work and better focus. And you hopefully eventually have good, hard, honest conversation with yourself and with each other about, okay, here's what we're doing wrong. Here's what we can do to fix it. Here's what we're doing right. And you change it. But that if you're not... The, the bigger concern would be if the Jazz rolled out of here last night uh, as though they had won five of their last six instead of lost 
five of their last six, then it would be a big, big concern. I think it's good news when you look at uh, the abnormalcy that they stay past 11 p.m. on a home game when they have a couple days off. I think that's a good sign that the passion and the want to is there even more so than some people may have thought before. Now, I I agree with your assessment right there, Austin. I I think you're on the money, except for one minor thing, and this isn't really a disagreement per se, but I wouldn't blame them if they wanted to get out of that locker room. I wouldn't have blamed them if they wanted to get out and go do anything else. You know, I wouldn't blame blame them if they wanted to go blow off some steam or, or... take advantage of the the very little uh, private free time that they've had recently or that are going to have. I, w- I wouldn't blame somebody for doing that. You got to, you know, you got to take care of yourself too. I think the, the fact that they were willing to sacrifice that even, even just an hour or an hour and a half to try and get things on the, on the same page. I, I think that actually says a lot uh, about the team. So, so I'm not disagreeing with you per se, but not that I would have blamed them for taking advantage of, of having their free time. They probably need it. But the fact that they were willing to sacrifice that to, to communicate, I think is a big deal. And, and I don't know this uh, far from it, but let's just speculate for a sec that there's some, there's a, a player or two that's not happy 100%, right? Maybe there's a, a gripe about, uh, you, you know, how they're being used or, or where they want their passes or any z- number of different things. If, if those things go unhandled, they fester and things get worse. You say, hey, guys, let's just chill for an hour and, uh, and, and talk about this and get on the same page as one another. I think that can be extremely, extremely valuable. And actually, it says more that they were willing to sacrifice, I think, their personal time, even though they probably wanted to be anywhere else, actually says, uh, says a lot. Um, Let's get to this because I thought this was interesting. You know, the the Lakers and and kind of their antics last night while they were up became a bit controversial. Uh, Bowler and Harpering um, went viral last night because they thought uh, LeBron and his socks dancing on the court was was a little disrespectful. And I thought what Joe had to say about some of that stuff was really insightful this morning. Yeah, it really pisses me off at little things like that and them dancing on the baseline I think I'm not sure what quarter it was but LeBron drove one time and shot a left-handed floater or whatever it was and and that's a, that's where it gets to the point of like as a team you've got to man up and um, I could use some other very uh, explicit words which I'm not allowed to but um, at that point like they're, not that they're trying to embarrass you because they're having fun they're, they're playing well obviously and um, yeah, I mean, you can't fault them for that. We have fun too when we're, we're playing well and, and up um, up 20 points or whatever. But as a team that's, that, that, that's happening to you, you want to make a stand. You want to um, do what you have to do to, to stop that. And, and obviously for us, that starts from the start of the game of, of coming out the right way and, and playing a lot better, not having turnovers, taking good shots, playing defense, which we've been consistently over I've been here being really good at so um, I, I think one of the best things obviously we always talk about getting to play pretty soon we have um, a game on whatever it is Saturday at the moment um, coming up but we, we we really haven't had any practices which uh, for, for a team that's plays the way we play and haven't been able to practice I think these next two days is going to be really good for us to to get in the gym and, and watch film and, and actually get out there and practice together and um, have two days of that. I don't think 
you guys are probably no better than me. I don't know if we've had that all year this year so far. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to these next couple of days, and I think we'll we'll be able to be able to get some really good stuff done and come out on Saturday and, and put out a lot better performance, which which everyone deserves, especially obviously our our fans that um, spend a lot of money to come and come and watch us play. So I thought that was interesting, him talking uh, about the Lakers and saying, yeah, that stuff ticks us off and uh, it, it motivates us. And, you know, the, there's some disrespect in there from LeBron. But, hey, they have fun when they're – the Jazz, that is – have fun when they're up 20 points. And, you know, they'll dance on the bench and, and uh, do those sorts of things when they're winning like that. So it's – I thought Joe kind of <laughs> – Got carried away at the beginning, talking about how much how aggravating it is, and then comes back to hey, that's that's got to motivate us to be better because if we weren't down twenty points, then uh, LeBron's probably not taking his shoes off. If LeBron has to finish the game, then he's probably not taking his shoes off and and dancing on the floor. So, and then you heard Joe mention the practice time. I do think that that's going to be valuable. They haven't had a ton of time to practice, and again, we're talking about a team that's trying to get onto the same page and trying to get it rolling. And it's tough when you're on a five-game road trip and can't uh, can't practice. Not trying to make excuses for him, but I do think that, that Joe's right. I do think that uh, practice time at this point with this particular team is going to be extremely valuable. Let's uh, let's wrap up the sound segment with this. Here's Joe talking to the fans about playing better. Obviously, the fans get frustrated by it. And um, on the flip side of that, if, if they think they're frustrated, how do they uh, – love to know how they think we feel about it because like I said we we know I guess the responsibility we have to, to come out and like I said the, the fans are unbelievable here and they, they pay a lot of money and they come and watch us play um, and that's on us there's no like there's no excuses there's no we, we've got to put out better performances and um, like you said I think that kind of connectivity of the group is um is always going to keep getting better because we do have guys, we've got guys that care, we've got guys that want to win basketball games. Um, but I also, on the flip side of that, I can see how and why they get frustrated because it's um, it's frustrating to play sometimes when you're playing that way. Um, but, I mean, don't get me wrong at all, there's, there's not an, not one person in our 15 guys and our two ones and our jury team that isn't... Um, busting our ass every day at practice and in film and getting treatment and Mike's in here being in here all day getting treatment yesterday to make sure you can kind of get out there as soon as possible so in every aspect of the of the game and, and all that I, I don't want to, want to feel like we're um, I don't know taking it for granted or, or anything like that because everyone um, I can tell you firsthand and that's there's no lie to it that everyone's obviously busting their ass and, and, and trying to get a win and trying to make us or get us playing at the level that we know we, we, we play at. We, we sit in a locker room talking about it. We sit at practice talking about it. We sit in the film room talking about it. And, um, obviously, at some point, it's got to translate and, and that's on the players. And um, even, even Quinn, it's like it's, Quinn can only do so much. At, at some point, the players have to stand up and... Um, whatever scheme we're doing defensively is, is nail that and, and be really good at it and what he wants to do offensively we've got to get to that and, and do that really well as well and um, yeah there's, there's, like I said there's no excuses and that's on the players and, and we've got to we've got to get out there and do it yeah and that's the bottom line right there they've got to figure it out and, and play better but I thought what he said at the beginning of that clip was important too where he said 
you know, if, if the fans are frustrated, you can imagine how we feel. I mean, they've got uh, all the expectations on them uh, from internally, not just uh, what the fans place on them. And, and Rudy talked about it last night after the game. Those expectations make stretches like this pretty tough. Expected to win a few of these games. Certainly expected to to compete more than they have the past couple of games, and that's going to make it more difficult. So, but uh, the Joe's confident that they'll put it together, and that's uh, their responsibility to do so. So, if you want to hear the Joe Ingle show in its entirety, you can go to twelve eighty thezone dot com and give that a listen. We're live at Metro by T Mobile. We'll have more coming up next. Twenty one twenty South, seven hundred East. Come on by and see us. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Last night, I show up to the Jazz game, and I have had good, and then somebody goes, yeah, why are you wearing that sweater? They were like, you're wearing, like, a full-on Lakers-colored sweatshirt. You look Laker-ready for tonight. Is that why you did the game topless yesterday, Tony? Uh, For the first time out. First time out. (laughs) And then management really frowned on that. That was an awkward moment, because none of these other people who are going, what are you doing? They don't know that I don't know, and I don't know that they don't know that I don't know. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, we are live from Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East. Still have some time to come by and see us. Uh, Gordon uh, traveling today. He'll jump on the show at uh, times tomorrow as well. Austin, real quick, I want to run this story by you, and then we'll chat with our good friend Carlos from Metro by T-Mobile here. Did you hear this report about Igor Kokoshkov talking about uh, Luka Doncic? No. So, uh Igor gave an interview, um, and he was asked, asked about Luca. Because then we asked Sam Amick about this uh, today. Uh, Luca, of course, taking the world by storm. He's he's obviously going to be a great player. He was a great European player. He was uh, he was MVP of the Euro League. I mean, he, he was just terrific. Tons of of hype coming in, and curiously, the Suns decided to take DeAndre Ayton. The Kings decided to take Marvin Bagley. Uh, the Hawks took Luca, but they traded him, of course, for Trey Young. And whenever you're in these situations, you wonder, uh, you know, will the, the, the folks that passed on Luca, you know, regret it? Is this like a Sam Bowie type situation? Well, Igor gave an interview overseas and uh, was asked about it. And here's what Igor said via uh, Google Translate. He said, unfortunately, I cannot cannot answer that question because of a professional code. But when you have already asked me, I will tell you that I sleep peacefully and peaceably. Meaning, Igor advocated plenty to take Doncic with that number one pick. And, of course, the rumors are out there that Robert Sarver, the owner, wanted Aiden because he was the local guy and, and played at, uh, at Arizona. But how interesting is that? Uh, that Igor was one and done as the Phoenix head coach. It, you, you had to think that they thought about that when they brought him in, that he was the college or he was the EuroLeague coach for Luka Doncic. It just seems like a, a natural pairing, and they decided to pass for Aiden. And uh, Kokoshkov... Perfectly fine with how he handled his end of things. Did you see that? 
I didn't see it. It makes complete sense, though, because if I'm not mistaken, I think Igor coached Luca on some national uh, team in his, stuff. In the EuroLeague, uh, in the EuroLeague, he did. In the EuroLeague, okay. And that's when the, the debate was coming down to, okay, number one pick, it, DeAndre Ayton looks like a, a slam dunk because he's so big and dominating college, and they're in Phoenix, and he went to school there, and it makes sense. But the head coach knows more about uh, this young kind of mysterious guy because he plays overseas, Luka Doncic, so maybe there's a shot there. And honestly, I thought that that's what was going to happen that night. I thought I that Kokoshkov would uh, convince the Suns to take Luka and that uh, I didn't know if that would be the right move, but I thought with the familiarity, that's probably what I would do if I was in Igor's spot. Sounds like he tried, and uh, no shocker here, as you mentioned, the owner, Robert Sarver, once again meddling where he should not. Yeah, that's you know that's what you get when the owner makes draft picks. Just like uh, that buffoon in uh, in Cleveland who picked Johnny Manziel. Good call. Yeah. And we'll see. Maybe DeAndre Ayton's really good, but I have a feeling he's not going to be as good as Luca. All right, we are here. Metro by T-Mobile, twenty-one twenty South, seven hundred East. Our friend Carlos joins us once again. And uh, Carlos, thanks for having us out, man. This is this has been a lot of fun, and it's really a great opportunity for our listeners to get great service and save a little money. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for being here. It's always a pleasure to have you. It's fun. It's good to see you, man. It seems like things are going great around here. I love it. You're giving out free phones, that uh, the family deal, five lines for 150 bucks. I can't believe it. That's unheard of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible, but uh, that's what we do. You guys blow minds. That's yeah. exactly what you do. And on top of that, uh, you're doing some fun free stuff as well. Uh, you've got the Amazon Prime, which is pretty sweet. Kill two birds with one stone there, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, you're saving money everywhere here. Uh, just with the Amazon Prime subscription, you'll be paying $30 a month. Wow. And it's included in our service. And, and Amazon Prime, for folks that don't have it out there, I mean, we're, we're talking music, we're talking uh, shows, we're talking delivery on goods. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And that comes with uh, your subscription. Correct. And if you shop at uh, Whole Foods, you get discounts. How about that? Mm-hmm. It just keeps on giving, Carlos. It certainly does. And you're going to get great customer service. People need to come by and see it for themselves. 2120 South, 700 East. And we're going to draw a name for some jazz tickets. Uh, folks, go see the Jazz and the Warriors giving away jazz gear as well. And uh, But uh, most importantly, come in and get taken care of with uh, great mobile service. Thank you. Thanks, Carlos. You're the man. All right. We'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 in the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Police in Missouri said someone took two pies from a store that was accidentally left unlocked while it was closed on Thanksgiving Day. Police came and they found a whole bunch of cash on the counter with a note that read, Happy Thanksgiving. No one was here, but we were in desperate need of pies. So we left this money and we took the pies. Where were you on that night, Hans? <laughs> oh, Hans wouldn't have left money, though. <laughs> Wow. Jeez. Wow, Scotty. What is going on, man? Are you just sitting in your room somewhere in San Jose just porky-pigging it and saying, hey, hell with it. (laughs) If I lose all my friends, I don't care. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You go 
Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Gordo traveling today for the big game coming up tomorrow, although he did jump on the show. Big thanks to him. Big thanks to the uh, folks here at Metro by T-Mobile. Carlos and his uh, crew here are fantastic. They love taking care of our listeners. 2120 South, 700 East. 5G comes out tomorrow, people. Be prepared. And the good folks here at Metro by T-Mobile, absolutely uh, here to help. Uh, coming up uh, around the corner, we're splitting the signals after the big show tonight. Uh, over on the uh, AM, you'll be able to hear a little uh, Thursday night football. Should be a good one tonight. The Cowboys going up against the Bears. Never thought I'd say this, uh, Austin, but because of my good friend Tony Parks, go Cowboys. Mm. And uh, then on the uh, FM side of the, the dial, you've got our boy Steve Brown. Stars basketball, stars v. Lakers. That's on uh, 97.5 on the FM. Austin, how much, uh, how much does uh, Dallas win by tonight? 30? 40? Uh, at halftime, yes. Yes. Uh, 60 at plus at the end of the game. Uh, it's it's going to be an absolute drubbing. It's going to be a beatdown. Five, five touchdowns tonight for Dak Prescott. And yeah, another how many, five for Zeke Elliott. How many quarterbacks get to play for the Cowboys tonight just by, oh, based true. on how far they're up, you know? Maybe Kellen Moore uh, throws down the headset and puts a helmet back on. We'll see. <laughs> Kellen Moore puts himself in. <laughs> He's like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, get me a shot at these pigeons here that they call the Bears. I'm gonna go pick on <laughs> That's them. That's right. Uh, but no, Thursday night football coming up on 1280 stars basketball on the FM side of, uh, of the dial. Uh, we want to say thanks to everybody who's had a chance to uh, drop by the remote here today. We greatly appreciate it. We want to say thanks to, uh, Johnny Lightfoot, our on-site engineer, terrific work as usual from him. We want to say thanks to Austin Horton back at our carrier studios at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Austin, thank you, sir. What are, what are you up to tonight? You doing something fun or are you going home and, uh, and, uh, seeing the kid? Uh, well, I, I was going to have, uh, I'm in a musical coming up. I was going to have rehearsal ah. tonight. They, they got, that got canceled. So we're going to try and squeeze in a little holiday shopping while we can. Oh, shopping. So, I'm very sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, sorry that's, that's happening. I don't know if I'd rather that or six root canals, but uh, that's what we're doing. That's a good would you rather right there. I might, I might take the root canals. <laughs> I'm with you. I might, I might take the dental work. So Merry uh, freaking Christmas, all right? I'm not a big fan of shopping either. Uh, but thanks to Austin for doing a great job. By the way, all of our uh, content today can be podcast, all of our guests, uh, our hours as well. Just simply go to your favorite podcast catcher, search The Big Show, and uh, you can download to your heart's content. Throw us a subscribe if you would, and then you get auto, all of our content automatically. Again, just search out The Big Show. You can also go to 1280thezone.com. We will talk to you tomorrow right here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.